Hey guys, it's Lawrence, and I'm jumping in front of this episode to discuss something that we did not talk about in this episode. LA Times released an article that does confirm that John Nolan, a DGA assistant director, has died due to COVID-19. He was a Texas-based assistant director. And, you know, even though it's impossible to really know when and where somebody picks up the, the illness, he did come down with symptoms after shooting a commercial in Austin, Texas. Uh, this was back in mid-July. He tested positive uh, for COVID-19 July 29th, was in ICU by August 5th, and passed away August 26th. This highlights that there is still danger out there when we are, go back to work, and we all need to be safe, we all need to be careful. But there is not still a uniformed plan for testing. And there are still flaws in testing. So it's a complicated issue. Just everybody, please be safe. Our hearts go out to John Nolan's family and friends and, of course, the crews that, uh, that knew him well and loved working with him. Be safe, guys. Thank you. You're on stage. Uh, You're in- I, yet again, am coming to you from location. <laughs> <laughs> in a glorious box somewhere in Brooklyn. <laughs> We're back. This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Sunday, August 30th, 2020. Yes, Sunday. We're recording this over the weekend. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a weekly podcast with two producers on opposite coasts. Christian's in New York City. I'm in Los Angeles, and we are exploring what it means to be good producers as we still navigate the health issues brought on by the coronavirus. We find ourselves being asked to take on greater responsibilities from a variety of guidelines created by multiple sources. (laughs) Now more than ever, it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and our ideas. Email us or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo and send it to us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear are you working and how you're working and how are you keeping people safe on your sets? Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, crew members, coworkers, everybody. We want these stories to be heard. And more importantly, we'd like for people to be telling us their stories. So please exactly. pass us around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And today, because we're both busy beavers, we are going back to a pre-COVID episode that was shelved when the whole world turned upside down, Christian. Yes. Um, Susan Lynn's our favorite uh, production designer. I'm sorry. One of oh, our favorite One of our designers. favorite production designers. You know, <laughs> want to get some people upset. Show. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be speaking to her about creativity and um, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty positive show. So hopefully that is a nice little treat for the listeners. Yes, because the world is uh, a little ugly these days. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, Lawrence, how are you doing? I'm uh, hanging in there. I'm very fortunate to be working. Yes, yes. A nice, nice big chunky job. First job back, right? First real full-scale job back, yes. Mm-hmm. Did the remote thing, and now this is boots on the ground. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's scary. It's it's frustrating. There's so many more layers involved in what we do and in keeping everybody safe. But I guess this is what we're doing now. There's so many layers. There's so, so many layers. And I just... I, uh, every department (laughs) more than more so than before has to work in tandem and conjunction with each other and having that dance and having, you know, the communication between the departments, you have to heighten it. Yeah, you do. 
you know, there was so much that was a little bit on autopilot, you know, when it's like booking a caterer, booking, you know, a script supervisor, booking your makeup people. Now every interaction is a is a full conversation because it has to be. You know, there has to be discussion about how this job's going to work. <laughs> yeah. How this job's going to work. What's the plan to keep people safe and distanced and masked and all that goodness. So it's it's uh, it's a lot more added to our plates. It is. Added to everybody's plates. It is. Mm-hmm. And on my tech scout last week, I made it. It was a six-hour tech scout. And it was oh for gosh, a stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, had to do it because um, everybody needed to sit down, be together, distanced and safe, of mm-hmm. course, but draw everything out. So, yeah, I mean, you know, squeezing multiple tech scouts into one day for crew members, that stuff is kind of over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We I have a big, big tech scout coming up uh, coming up next week. It's going to be very similar. Multiple locations? To yours. Two. Only two. Yeah. That's good. Well, more than one uh, is multiple. <laughs> more than one is multiple. And obviously, we didn't have an episode come out last Thursday because you and I have both been busy on jobs. Obviously, we're recording this on the weekend. You're sitting on your stage watching paint dry. Is that what you're doing? Or what are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what's happening here. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. So we're, uh, we're just doing a quick little intro to the Susan Lynn's pre-COVID interview. And then we'll be back, you know, next Thursday with a full episode. So something might change between now and the time the show comes out. But the one thing I saw that I wanted to talk about was this LA Times article featuring the wardrobe designer we had on our show, Lindsay Clow. A whole interview with her about pretty much the same stuff we've been talking about. But one thing that this article said that was I thought was pretty interesting was that the unions are still hashing out all the details of their safety guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. There's no new settled contract. Obviously, the AICP has their guidelines and there's also safe way forward which yeah. the unions put out back in june a lot of different rules and regulations but everything everything is not really regulation right it's all just it's just suggestions suggestions and so every every yep. job is a discussion and a, a new plan of how to do it rather, mm-hmm. rather than having one regulated set of guidelines that makes it challenging well now that i have done i've got a few under my belt yeah at this point what I'm realizing that I'm hearing from crew members is that because of that, because there are just guidelines and recommendations, yeah. you know, as before, and what we set out to do was, you know, to find out what makes a good producer good. There are also different styles and people are picking and choosing what they want to do Yes. versus doing them. And right. I'm very regulated in my guidelines. I also feel that the ones that came out in June could be updated. Yeah. Now that people uh-huh. have started to work and nobody's done that yet, I I feel like with the AICP, some of their stuff is a little outdated. Mm-hmm. We're learning new things every day about the every virus. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, a nice little addendum with updated mm-hmm. something would be great to, be to show that they've been monitoring the situation. Yeah. And also, you know, getting feedback from crew. Feedback about, from the crew. Because yeah. I get feedback how... from the crew and I'm just one yeah. person. Believe me, the crew wants to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want to tell you. They want to tell you how bad the job was before or how good your job <laughs> is. Good, they they yeah. want to tell you everything. <laughs> exactly. And we need to listen. That's the only way we're going to be able to get through this is we need to listen to the crew. And exactly. Adapt and adjust as necessary. Agreed. Yes. So, you know, you've got a busy day. I've got some work to do on the weekend to get ready for my next week. So let's just uh, throw it to the interview and let's listen to what Susan Lynn's had to say back before Everything fell apart. 
Yes, but before that, let's go over to our website and check out the Do the Work page. We made a page on our website with anti-racism resources for you to educate yourself on the issues of racism and how they've long plagued our society and our industry, as well mm -hmm. as links to actionable things that you can do to support the Black Lives Matter movement. I've been keeping an eye on Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yes, yes. I'm not sure if everyone out there is familiar yet with Jacob Blake's story. I would suggest that you go research it and then also go to the GoFundMe page. We'll have the link in our website for it. His medical bills, and he's going to be paralyzed for the rest of his life, uh, are huge. So anything you can give would be this week's featured actionable item. Yes. We'll have that link in the show notes. It's GoFundMe.com. You can go to the website and search for Justice for Jacob Blake, or you can find the link in our show notes. And also, while you're on our website, there's also the Take Action page. There's a lot of petitions and actionable items for you there that you can take part of that will affect us greatly in the coming years. Postcards to swing states, you can still order some of those. I got mine. I got mine. I got, I got a whole, mine. I got them all right here. <laughs> so I'm going to be sending those out to encourage people to get to the polls. Also, power the polls because we're experiencing an unprecedented shortage of poll workers. If you're not immunocompromised and you feel safe doing it, Please volunteer if you can. Also, save the post office. We know what's going on with that. There's petitions and links in there for that as well. Yes. All right. Let's do our interview. Yes. Again, guys, this is pre-COVID. So, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the world as if nothing's changed, but... Artistic integrity, artistic design, creative process hasn't changed. So that's what we're talking about with Susan Linz. She's a production designer, and she grew up a descendant of Persian royalty. And as the daughter of a celebrated fine artist, her upbringing gave her an elevated artistic taste. She believes a relentless work ethic sustains this talent. And for over 20 years, she has had her finger on the pulse of the highest levels of art, fashion, and design. As a production designer, she redefined the aesthetic of hip-hop and pop music videos throughout the 90s and 2000s, working closely with the likes of Hype Williams, Kanye West, Notorious B.I.G., Diddy, Wu-Tang, Jay-Z, Mary J., <laughs> Missy Elliott, and an endless list okay, of iconic okay. artists and directors. <laughs> that's so many. I get it. And you know what's not on here? And I think that's because this was written before it came out. But she production designed a lot of the segments in Black yeah, is King. She sure and did. And if you saw that, <laughs> man, you know. I know. You know how good it is. If I may um, brag and say that I have both her and one of the DPs on this job that ooh, I'm working on. So, yeah, lots of stories. You do? She's on your job right now? Yep. Oh, tell her I say hi. I will. <laughs> okay. Commercially, Susan's clients include the Cosmopolitan Hotel, ESPN, Target, Neiman Marcus, La Perla, and Dancing with the Stars, to name just a few. Susan believes that art should be made to evoke emotion and that there are no limits to what can be achieved. And her career reflects that. Hi, and Susan. Here's the here's incredible Susan, Susan Lynn. Oh, my gosh. Lins. I'm blushing. Hi, guys. Oh, hi. How are you? Well, we, we only told the truth. We only told the truth. <laughs> I was saying earlier in the episode, we've both had the good fortune of working with you. So we know a lot about you. We, we know how you work and all that good stuff. But tell us a little bit more about you. What have you been doing? What are your interests? What are you working on these days? And where do you see things going for you? Well, I recently, the last couple of years, started doing experiential projects, which I completely love. 
because I love creating installations where people can really experience them live. Yeah. And it's, it's a new challenge for me. And I really find that it's something I want to do much more of. And I really want to create, I want to create art in public spaces. That's what I love right now. Yeah. And experiential is kind of the the hottest marketing trend, right? Don't you think? Have you seen a lot of these projects come through? Yes. Yes, totally. And, and people respond, they love it. And it's great for me, especially because I do want to evoke emotion. And what better way to do that than to have, you know, a live event where I create a space and people can experience it. Exactly. You know, I've been doing a lot of experiential and I have a small production company that does experiential and what we always call it is world building, right? You're kind of creating a place 360. It's not a set. It's different. Right. uh, Right. That you can live, breathe, walk, touch, taste, feel, and see in real time. And it's a very different experience, right? It is. And I feel that that's something that's like, especially with social media, internet, all of that, we're losing that. Like, I love going to museums. I love, you know, touching things, experiencing things, you know, and that's what experiential projects allow us to do more of. And I feel like, especially now, we're kind of losing touch, you know, a bit. That's a big part of the show that I created with my partner, Devin Paulson, The Alone Experience. It was all about being face-to-face and touching and really having this immediacy that we've lost because of digitalism or social media or whatever you want to call it. And I think audiences are craving that. Yes, I agree 100%. I totally agree. Nice. So let's get into this. I know we don't have a lot of time. So let's talk about, you know, obviously this is producer's happy hour. So we're talking about what does it mean to be a good producer? What does it Mm -hmm. take to be a good producer? And the only way for us to learn as producers, myself and Christian, is to talk to you guys about what is your interaction with producers, all types, good, bad, and different different types of jobs from commercials to features or working with directly with, you know, Kanye or any of the people that you've worked with as a creative director. What is your involvement with producers and how do they support you and what you do? Well, I work obviously very, very closely with producers. They're responsible for giving me the parameters of the project. And my personal view is I'm a big communicator. I love to be very transparent and clear about what my part is. And yep. I think my favorite kind of producer to work with is mm-hmm. a creative producer. And when I say that, I mean that they think they appreciate the creativity of the project uh-huh. and the vision, because that's really what we're doing. We're creating, you know, and if, if a producer isn't at least have some kind of passion for that, I think that's where, you know, there's a missing link for me, mm-hmm. you know, and like I care 10,000% about what I do And I will go to any lengths to accomplish it, no matter what the project is, how big or how small. You know, when I commit, it's very important for me to give a thousand percent. And I guess I expect that from my team. And I also expect that from the producer I'm working with as well. I think the best relationship, producer relationship for me is with, with someone like myself is that, yes, there's a lot of communication and we're aware but we give each other space to do our jobs. You know right. what I mean? And the, the, for me especially, it's like that the producer lets me do my thing. They trust me enough to do what I know how to do. But also where it's, you know, I don't have that pride and ego where I can't come to them and say, look, you know what? I need help. I'm stuck. You know, that the communication is there and we're both working towards accomplishing 
the project. Definitely also a sense of humor and also that whatever challenges we face that we're able to problem solve right. together. Right. You know? So the support that you require from a producer or that you prefer to have, because, you know, it's a roll of the dice. If you've not right. worked with a producer before, then you right. um, may not get what you need. So it sounds like it's trust, communication, and the ability to roll with what's necessary. Exactly. Exactly. And also, for me, being kind and gracious is a big part, I think, of our work. Too. I, I think oh, yeah. you get a lot more accomplished. Oh, yeah. And you're nice. I work, yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just mm-hmm. basic, you know. So I always think it's a good point that you brought up, Christian, because, you know, there's I, often that I work with producers that I haven't worked with before. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because, you know, you kind of check each other out. You know, and right, I, right. I find tell us right, more. I, Go on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you check each other out because, well, for me too, it's like okay. I think what we do, we have to have like almost we have to be like psychologists. You know, so we figure out the personality, and everybody works differently. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and you want to make it work. And quick, and, quick, quick psychologists at that. Uh, yeah, five minute reads. We have, we have yes. very limited time yes. to get to know each other yes. and dive in. Yes, exactly. So. You know, I've definitely worked with producers that can be challenging or let's say they're not communicative. You know, I've learned that even if they don't want to be, I, I have to do my part. You yes. know what I mean? I have to be. You have to that's try. That's what I find. Mm-hmm. I have to try. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and nine out of ten times now I find like there's always a way to break the ice. You know what I mean? And 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 just like get through what we have to get through together. And And it doesn't always. No, maybe it's not always easy. But, you know, I, I find now that I have a little more patience for the more challenging producers that I have to work with <laughs> and that yeah, I do. Well, I that know, comes with know? experience, I think. That, because, comes with yeah. it, that comes with it. Yes, and, it does come with experience. And, you know, then I've definitely I've worked with people that have like disappeared off of jobs, you know, I don't know. Oh. It's been like really difficult, you know. Well, I think that your particular history has spanned several different genres of mm. entertainment. Yes. And I do yes. think that there are people out there who can't, they're not in it for the long haul. Right. Right. Exactly. So can you tell, like, this will be great. Can you tell when, can you sniff when something's going to go wrong after you've met a producer initially? Yes. <laughs> that was a strong yes, sister. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, tell us, that's the only tell us that more. comes with that only comes with experience too. Well, I, I mean agree. I've learned that definitely it's good to have like written communication, you know, with yeah. certain things. Definitely. Get some things in writing. I've had producers, you know, come back to me and say, you know what, we didn't approve that when they did, you know, it's just, there's so much going on so quickly, as you said, that, you know, they'll come back and say, oh, well, we didn't approve that at the end, you know, which isn't true. And I'm very, I take a lot of pride in being very detail oriented and I'm not reckless, you know, I'm not reckless in what I do. And um, yes, sometimes I have to make decisions really quickly, but I definitely respect the people I'm working with and the producer, especially because they have the whole big picture. I've had like a producer come back to me and say, you know what? I didn't approve this amount and you're this much over budget. And it's just not true. You know what I mean? They did. Mm. And then I learned, you know, afterwards, like, okay, everything in writing, even if it's with people 
you trust and you're working with. It's mm, just it's just it's better. Just cleaner. It's just cleaner. It's cleaner. And, and also, you know, yeah. we there's so many methods of communication now. Text, email, right. Slack, right. or whatever, you know, productivity right. apps people are using that it's like after a conversation is had, it's just smart to follow up. Just like, hey, we just chatted. Here's the plan. This is right. the number. This is the budget. This is the money. This is the overage, right. whatever. Just to make sure, like, we all understood the same thing because our attention is divided by so many devices and so many modes of communication and, and the job itself that it's just helpful. Right. It's very helpful. The other thing that I'm just, I've come to realize too, just like kind of looking back on my career, especially in the earlier years, I dealt with a lot of producers or oddly enough, I hate to say they were female producers that <laughs> took advantage of me. Yes. You know, Ouch, and really? yeah, and I was growing in, in the industry, you know, I was growing, like moving up and, you know, they took advantage of me financially in terms of not paying me my worth or value or mm. ex- expect the expectation way exceeded the realities and the work and the time I put in was not compensated for fairly, Ouch. you know, I, and that's learning and growing as well. Yeah. This past year, I worked on a project where there were two production designers, myself and a male production designer, which is rare on a project. Wow. It's a very big project. And I was brought on actually because the other person was not able to handle the project oh. himself. And so it was a little awkward and uncomfortable. He's a very talented person, extremely talented. Yeah. But the project the was scope. way too big mm-hmm. for him, the scope of it. And I was brought on and I learned that I was making half of what he was making. (gasps) Still? (laughs) Yeah. And, and, mm, well, I kind of, I was like, what? mm, Yeah. And, (laughs) and I did all the work. Like, I I did did all the work. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I did go to the producer and I got, you know, a little bit of an upgrade, but not quite what, but it really, you know, that really stuck with me and bothered me too. And I was like, it just wasn't fair. And it was, it was kind of, I think, well, I had no way of knowing that. Right. No. I found out afterwards. I had no way of knowing that. Mm. And I guess when I found out, I was able to do only so much, you know. But I just kind of felt, too, that that was kind of unfair. Yeah. You know, that. that it's very unfair. Very unfair, yeah. You're hired to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, same and you're thing. doing more work, which is evident yes. to everybody around, I'm sure. Yes. And I saved the project. Like, it was like a huge, huge deal. And it was like. He couldn't handle it, you know, wow. and it was like we were in there and it was for a very big client, you know, and that sort of thing. I've never been in that situation, actually. So that was a first for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it also made me realize my value <laughs> even it's, more. Well, so. I mean, we do have to come out of those experiences learning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also can relate. I had a few of those producers who treated me the same way, and I just realized I never wanted to to treat somebody else that way. So in learning from that, um, yeah, like you run a tight ship. (laughs) But you're also fair. Right. The amazing producers that I work with, the job can be insane and it could be just an extremely stressful. But when you work with a great producer, it's like it it doesn't, it just kind of takes that all away. Mm. A, you feel like you're getting through it together. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And it's like, we can laugh. We could, we know we don't even have to talk. And does that just come through communication or a sense of levity or a sense of ease or what is it? 
What does I it think come it's through? something. It's like spirit. I think kindred spirits. I don't know. I feel mm. like you maybe feel emotional like you, support. Yeah, emotional, emotional support, and it's like you know what? This is like you're a badass. I'm a badass. We're going to get this done together, and we're going to get through it, and we could laugh. Damn you know, right. That's how I feel, Damn right. right. <laughs> that's how I feel, right. And when we deal with all the other personalities that we have to deal with, uh, you yes. know, that we can just, you know, be a support to each other. We know we're both giving it our all. And, it's, and to me, those are the best jobs. And it doesn't matter. The job can be insane. Yeah. But when you work with a good, t- a good, especially a good producer, to me, it's like I so appreciate that now. You know, I have such an appreciation for it. Well, we're talking about creative vision, and you are the mm-hmm. perfect person to talk to because your work beholds that incredibly. So I want to talk to you about process. A, what is your initial part of your process when you the job falls into your inbox, you look at boards okay. or a script or the treatment or whatever? What are kind of your initial thoughts, watchouts, the initial top-of-the-mind things that you notice when you look at a board? And then how does that inform your creative vision and your creative process? So when I get a concept or treatment, let's say, or get called for a job, I want as much information as possible Mm -hmm. at first. You know, I I realize, too, that I'm not going to get maybe a tremendous amount until I speak to a director or so. But I really, I kind of dig into whatever, whether it's a treatment or whether it's an email with some information and details. And I think, too, just because of the experience I have, I kind of get an idea of, okay, this is the kind of job it's going to be. Is it a location? Is it a set build? Uh All that. And then who is the client, right? Okay. Or the talent. And I really go on that. So it's interesting because I I usually take it's like, what are they about? And I want to know everything. And then that's how I build my vision. My vision is not about me. You know, I mean, it is and it's not, but it's about what are we selling? What is the product or who is the artist? What kind of emotion? You know, what are we trying to tell the audience? And I think that's what makes a great production designer. It's that you can be very versatile. Once I do that and then usually have a conversation with the producer, the Uh next step is a conversation with the director generally or the creative. (laughs) And then from there, I go... And I start doing my research and my referencing. And it's interesting. I was just interviewed about my work recently. And I was asked about, like, my use of the Internet. And I really, I don't use the Internet for creative inspiration at all. Like, I use books. Mm. I have a massive Mm -hmm. library Mm. of art photo books. And I have also, like, boxes of tears. They're all cataloged to the best. Yeah, like... European magazines, like from traveling from everywhere, like tons. And then I travel and I go look at things, you know. So that's where my inspiration comes from. And I really, I go to the internet last. You know, that's like the last step or last resort, you know. And I always am looking for something new. You know, I don't want to do the same thing over again. Right. Yes, I want. And even if it's old, new, like if it's new to me, you know. Right. So I'm searching for that. And it depends on the timing. But if I have time, I could spend up to two to three days, like, immersed looking at things. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I've done projects where we've had, like, month-long time to to prep them where that research time and the looking and inspiration time is really important. And I'll do that. Like, I'll get up in the middle of the night and have a thought and start looking at things, you know? And so I'm immersed. I'm in this. I call it in the zone. 
Yeah. I'm in the zone. <laughs> you know, totally in the zone. So then I have blocks during jobs where I'm like, I can't deal with this mentally right now. <laughs> and I don't right. mean that bad. I just, and it's not that I can't deal with it. It's more like I have to psych myself into getting into that mode right. sometimes. Yeah. It's not natural all the time. It's not like, oh, it's there. I'm creative all the time, 24-7. It's not. Right. It doesn't come on demand. No, it does. It exactly. happens when it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens when it happens. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes I have to rush it. I'm like, okay, you got to get in your zone. I, I have to inspire myself, you know, yeah, to yeah, say, yeah. okay, well, get into that mindset and work. Well, I have a question. So you've spoken to the producer and mm-hmm. you have discussed what they think the scope of the job is. And you've spoken to the director and gotten the creative scope of the job. Mm-hmm. How often do you call the producer back and go, this is different. We have a problem. <laughs> we, have a, we have an issue, we have honey. A problem. I can hear it right now. We have a problem, honey. Right. So if it's a right, okay. Well, I mean, like it's a producer you don't know. Maybe it's somebody okay. who you don't know, mm. and you've right. but you've worked with a director before, or even like okay. they've gotten your name from a friend mm. of a friend. Okay. So what do you do? I'm very strategic. If it's a producer that I have not worked with before, I'm very mindful and strategic and how I approach whatever I feel is going to be the challenges. Uh-huh. Usually what I'll do is if it's a producer naturally I've worked with before, we have more of a rapport. It's easier to text. You know what I mean? I can text a question or send an email with my list of questions and so on. And it's very easy and comfortable. If it's a producer I haven't worked for, I uh-huh. really think it through. I usually start with the, the creative questions and then I go to the financial ones. Got it. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, what yeah. is what is important, what mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Well, so here's a question. Here's another question for you. <laughs> How often are you asked to budget jobs these days versus just given numbers? Because I can remember a time when the production designer was brought in early to during the give bidding, numbers. During the bidding process. Yeah, yeah. to get their yeah. advice. And mm. now I, I not so much. to be honest, I know we're not supposed to talk about each other, but the only time I do it is with you. Right. I, yeah. I let you know before as I'm bidding something right. because I trust right. what you're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's funny. I think it's like 65% I'm given the numbers and then 35% you're, you're um, putting I'm the numbers at, together. Wow. I'm, I'm actually, I've put a lot of numbers together this year. What? I have. It's only February 1st. <laughs> so. this, this past year, actually, last year. Let's say last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Actually, yes, last year I did. And and that takes a lot of time, too. Yeah. Maybe, like, a percentage of the jobs don't happen or they go away. You know what's hard for me is when a producer comes to me and says, can you put numbers together? It's, it's a massive build job, let's say. And mm. I have to design it. Like, yeah. I would... I would have to design it, and then they want an estimate just off the top of my head. There's, it's very difficult to do that. And yes, yeah. I have experience, and I can, I can, sure, I can ballpark. But there's things that I haven't done. You know what I mean? That definitely need like, I, I would have to like, uh-huh. yeah, research and like questions. And there's a lot of moving parts, and they need it tomorrow. Yeah. That's really hard. Yeah, that's always a, you yeah. know, yeah. And with these experiential jobs, Susan, you're doing something that's never been done before. No, exactly. You know, right? building a dog salon on a 
back of a truck. Yes. Like, you know, there's yes. no there's no formula for it. <laughs> right. We're we're doing something brand new and we don't right. have we're not asking you to what how much would it cost to do a little living room set? You know, what? I don't know. Right. Whatever. Right. X, X amount of money. Right. It's, we're breaking new ground on on a lot of these experiential jobs, so that's right. very different. And a lot of branding and graphics. That's what I'm finding now too. There's a with the experiential especially, there's a ton of branding, you uh-huh. know, or uh-huh. re and companies want you to like be a part of their almost redesign, like they expect oh, that from me, you know. And yeah. it's it, I'm seeing that too. I mean, where's and their I, marketing team or their design it, team? That's though. yes, and yeah. I wonder too. And they want me to make these decisions, and and so it becomes very challenging, you know. Mm-hmm. I love learning, so I love doing new things, you know, on on projects, and I'm all about that. But it can be extremely challenging. Yeah, the jobs are getting more and more challenging. So has that changed your your methods? Have you had to kind of adapt to this kind of shrinking budget landscape that we're all dealing with? Yes, but I've always had to adapt. That's what I feel. Sure, there were times when there would be these massive budgets and I'll, I mean there was I remember one project where they didn't even give me a budget. They said just every day at the end of the day, have your art coordinator give us a a log of what you've spent. Holy like, shit. Yeah. But what, yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, but, but they're like, just do what you have to do. Like, definitely there's been projects These like, are like that. These are like cost plus days at uh, yes, Shia Day with Apple or whatever. Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then I'm good at adapting. Let's put it that way. It doesn't um, stress me out. It doesn't, it's like, okay, what do we have to do? It's a strategy. It's a challenge. And you know, we have this much. And th- the thing for me is that I love to do great work. And I definitely like high quality, you know. But also, w- when the budgets aren't that great, you have to be super creative, you know. Yeah. You have to work a little harder at, like, being creative. So, for me, the adaptation part is is not, I don't, it doesn't scare me. Let's put it that way. It's not scary to me at all. I can manage it and... I feel comfortable with it. Have you ever turned down a job because there wasn't enough money? Yes. Recently? Uh, Yes. Recently. And actually a few years ago when, when I worked for Kanye, so Mm -hmm. I worked, it it started out as a freelance basis and then I had to be exclusive because it didn't work any other way. So I worked for him for five years and then, when I stopped working for him exclusively, so I wanted to get back in the freelance world, and it wasn't easy because all my clients obviously found new people, and you know I wasn't I hadn't been available in that long. So I remember one of the first jobs I got called for was to do a job in L.A., and it was a music video actually, and it was for what they wanted to do. I knew the director, and they didn't have enough money. And I was so struggling with the thought of, okay, but should I do it? Should I not? And I turned it down because I was worried that I couldn't deliver what the expectations were. And there was a huge gap of the expectation and the budget. Mm. Huge. Well, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the fear of failure, I feel, in a lot of us freelance people is pretty huge. But also the, the need to be loyal and do things right. for people, even though it may not have enough money, is also there. So the struggle right. to turn something down that you may not get the right. next job is there, too. Right. And, you know, that director who happened to be someone I was close to, we, I know he loved working with me, never called me again mm. for work. Yep. And that's the wow. fear. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, I had to like, I accept that, you yeah, know, you, that has of to course. be a right. this, that's going to happen. Yeah. If it's going to happen. And then recently the same thing, you know, I got called for this job that was like, it was massive expectations and the budget just wasn't there. And thank goodness there was someone actually that kind of helped me make the decision and kind of knew the company and just kind of warned me. And it would have been decent money for me, you know, profession. But I just sometimes didn't. money isn't enough. No, and that's not what it's about for me either. That's not my first. You know what I mean at all. Mm-hmm. It's like no, this isn't. I'm not going to be able to deliver again, like what the expectations are. And, and I will turn down jobs if it's if it's not. For those reasons, really. Well, okay. So then are you hired more by producer or directors these days? I think it's both. I definitely, there's a lot of directors. When I work with someone, even new director, they usually, I'm usually hired by them again. But right now, I want to say, like in this last year, it was mostly producers. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. I know. And in the past, it's funny, it was mostly director, you know, the director would request. I do have director requests. I'm not saying I don't, but definitely this past past year has been more producers. When you get approached by one of your directors with a project, does that already inform you a little bit about the creative angle you might be taking? Or do you think it has more to do with the content that you're filming and the brand involved? Well, it's interesting. It depends on the director, I think, too. I've worked with directors that completely rely on me. They would come and say, this is, this is the, this is the whatever, client. This is a project. We want to make it whatever. They'll use a few adjectives, and that's all I get. So you come up. <laughs> so, I remember those like, jobs. Okay, yes. And, and, and one, of, one, of the, one of the three adjectives is aspirational, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So I'm like, okay, sure. And then um, the, actually or I recently sexy. did an – Yeah, exactly. Sexy. We want it sexy. Sexy. Kind of, yeah. like, make just, it, make yeah, it hot. Sexy. Yeah. Is exactly. Just, mm-hmm. Yes, make it hot. Actually, this past year, one of the experiential projects I did, there were two directors, and there was one element to the concept that they brought to me. And then it, it needed a whole creative story that they wanted me to come up with. Well, actually, one of the directors expected me to come up with what? The, na- the whole narrative of like what was going to happen. Whoa. With all these scenarios. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked, actually. That's, that's it's, interesting. I, yeah, it's very, it was very, and I was almost like, what do you, isn't that what you're supposed to be doing? <laughs> 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 and then it was like a lot of pushback, and it was a lot of pressure for me. So, and I had like six hours to figure it out, and I did. <laughs> I was like, and wow. they used, all my ideas were used. What? That's I know. Amazing. So I, was like, I should be directed. I it's know. It's interesting. I thought, I'm like, I'm, I'm finding yeah. myself being like, how dare they? But then, like, our episode one was about flexibility, right? Yeah. And mm. we're all wearing many hats nowadays right. on these projects. But that's a really interesting take. And you, you dove in and you did it. I did it. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I've definitely have thought about it before directing. I was really? like, I can do this. Interesting. Yeah. It's Uh-oh. like I could do this. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about budgets. You're adaptable. So really, the you know, shrinking budgets doesn't seem to shock you too much or stress right. you out too much. You kind of roll with it and find solutions. You'll come up with an idea that matches the budget. 
I try. You know, sometimes it's like, you know what? I don't want to say it's that. Yes, I'm adaptable, but sometimes it's really hard. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to, like, it is. It's really hard. It's like, okay, you want all this. And then sometimes you work, and I'm sure you both know this, that you work with the director. It's like, okay, we can not do this. Then they add three or four more other things. Right. You know, <laughs> and then it like, makes it fine. even worse. And it's like worse. We'll lose know? the elephant. Let's just get do, 10 porcupines. Yeah, yeah exactly. Instead, exactly. Yeah, I want to be on so, that job. I, uh, so, exactly. That can be extremely frustrating. And for me, it's like I have to be, I use the left and right side of my brain together all the time. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. It's like I want to be creative. And jobs like that, it happens. Like in the beginning, I feel like the first few days of a job, for me, like what the question you asked about what's my process, I'm thinking like more strategically, like, okay, budgetarily, parameters, whatever. And then I love when I can just like, okay, that's settled and I can really dive into the creative. And then I have my team to support me, you mm-hmm. know, with the, managing the logistics and I can oversee it. But I love letting go and being like, okay, now I can just be creative and focus on the vision. Got it. Well, so what do you think the most important trait of a producer is these days? Because I know that you probably work with some people that you don't know, and they may be less experienced. So what could we teach those people? I think integrity is really important. Mm -hmm. And being transparent and communicative. You know, we did a whole episode on communication. So we understand that. Yes, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's a huge deal. And you know what else I love? To me, a great producer is detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yes. You know, I am too. And it's like, okay, I guess too, having an understanding, like, you know, this is really challenging. Like, I can, having realistic expectations too. Right. It's like, yes, I will give you a thousand percent. If you know me, you know that I will. Yeah. But it's like, okay, this is, you know... Well, part of that, too, is just that comes with experience, too. It does. Maybe have um, PA'd and then kind of moved up through the ranks versus, you know, just appearing one day as, you know, a producer. I feel like that can give you the background to understand what art department's going through. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other very important thing that I dealt with actually somebody recently, too, a a young producer, young and experienced, very hardworking, but I think the... What I found that made the job so difficult was she was stressed out to the max 100% of the time during the job. Ah. So her stress obviously bled over onto me and like everyone else around. And it, it was just, she was almost manic. The mood is set by the person at the top. Yes, yes. Exactly. I yeah. think that's one of the most important things. If I had to say the energy of the producer is really important. And wow. how they handle. Yeah. Pressure's on, Lawrence. Pressure, oh my God. <laughs> well, I can say that I definitely, in the past year and a half, maybe two years, I felt a lot more stress and anxiety yes. over jobs mm-hmm. than I have through a better part of my career. I agree. And I don't right. know, is that is that because I'm getting older, the jobs are getting harder? Right. Uh, a lot of things. I don't know what it is, but I know better than to broadcast that stress mm-hmm. yeah. to the people I work with. Mm-hmm. I took up kickboxing. I, you know, it's like you <gasps> mm, you nice. do right. what you do to, you know, right. kind of like Maybe. manage it. And 
Maybe you look right. at a project and you turn it down because it's not. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's more more and more often these choosing, days. Choosing, I know, and like choosing lifestyle over cash. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Which is hard, right. very it's hard, hard, man. Because as freelance personnel, like we all are, there's always that little bit of fear that if the job, no. if you say no, then the yeah. job may not come again. And yeah. I know that right. I, it's happened to me. It's happened to yes. you, Lawrence. It's yes. happened to you, Susan. So I yes. get it. That stress is also there, but never show it. Right. And that's a big lesson. You know, it's a lesson for me. I've learned that over the years, too. I used to cry after every job. Oh, my God. <laughs> In the early years, uh-huh. I had to go home and have a good, I, it was like deflating. Yeah. I used to love it, like, it because yeah. you would just, you'd be able to, re- <laughs> no, hold on, you'd be able to reset. Yes. Yeah. And then come I back know. the next day and be there's like, I'm, no, I'm okay no again. There's no shame no. in a good cry. <laughs> yes. But again, it's only experience that can say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. At the yeah. time when you're like late 20s, Melting. crying your eyes <laughs> out yeah. in the fucking like, motorhome bathroom. <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> I've done that. I've done that too. Right. And walked yeah. out and been Me like, too. it's fine. Yeah. The, the 80 foot yeah. condor that you wanted half an hour ago <laughs> and you only told me about 10 minutes ago is almost here, guys. I'm sure I told you the story, but the one time in my late 20s where I almost just <laughs> burned down my career thinking about walking off a set, leaving a job. Yeah. It was the middle of the night, music video shoot in the 90s, God forbid. Everything was going... <laughs> they were all in the middle of the night, Lawrence. <laughs> everything was going to hell. I went into the motorhome, locked... I told everyone mm-hmm. to get out and I locked the door. Mm-hmm. I did. And I, I sat there for a half an hour and I just had to like... Yep. Just decompress. And right. I had to like figure it out like what would happen if I got in my car and drove home? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't worth it. And right. I just finished the job. Yeah. I got blacklisted from the company, but whatever. I moved on. Right. Right. Are they still around? Oh, yeah. Oh, they are? Oh! Because <laughs> I'm surprised. A lot of companies uh-huh. from 20 years ago no, are no, gone. No, it's a big company. They're doing okay without me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Are they? But, uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes you have those moments because yes. the stress gets too much. But broadcasting that stress to your coworkers is not the way to go about getting the best work out of people. Right. So right. that is a good hot tip for our tip. Um, listeners. Okay, mm-hmm. one more thing before we go because it's getting late. Yes. But when working specifically in branded work, advertising, branded mm-hmm. experiential, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about creative vision. But a lot of these right. projects, the end result comes through committee. And it's a marriage of <laughs> art and commerce, which isn't always a happy marriage, right? So how, right. how do you navigate through those waters of wanting to see this creative vision come through, but understanding it's got to go through this filter of, you know, it's a collaboration with your director. So there are some considerations there. Then it's got to go through this filter of the ad agency and their right. take on it. And then it goes to the client and their needs and their wants and their take on it. And then it comes back to you and says, okay, here's what you're doing and it's gone through this process of filtration, how do you still find excitement in the results of that creative vision? Mm-hmm. Well, I have learned how to choose my bad. I'll fight for, like, if I really believe something is the best way for the project, I will definitely fight for it. And I've learned how to fight for it in a very, I guess, a persuasive way. I've seen where you do it. It's, yeah, yeah. And exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and it's the truth. Like, I feel it with all my being. Like, this is, I know it. I know this is the best way. And a lot of the times the director doesn't know. Sometimes the director doesn't even know how to fight for it, you know? Right. And yeah. I, I, and I will do it. Especially and, in advertising. Mm-hmm. Especially in advertising. And I think, too, 
that's why I think it's really the whole psychology part. I know how to be with people. And I mean, I grew up in that, with the, my, both of my parents are very social. My father's like very, like he's, he's a public speaker. It's like all of the, I grew mm-hmm. up in a household where we had, we had like hundreds of people in our home, you know, for dinner parties. And so, so I grew up as a young child, like learning how to be gracious and ho- you know, all of that has been an asset to me growing into a woman and just learning how to deal with people. And it's really, you know, learning how to make people feel comfortable about your decisions too. It's definitely, there's an art to it, but there's an it's art. also my, there's an art and it's the truth though. On the Cosmopolitan project I did, I remember the creative director from the agency and the director, they were very challenging and I fought for that vision like tooth and nail. Oh, it's, I really did. It's spectacular. I re- yeah, I, I really did. And that, again, that was another project where it was 90% my vision. And I was like, we have to. And the client ended up contacting me and interviewing me for, you know, one of their publications. And it just really, I, I just know. And then I also know when to step back. Mm, you have to know that's that. Important. You have, it's so important. Yeah. You have to know when to say, okay, you know what? This is not a battle I need to, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I can I can step aside and be like, you know what, this is what they want. It's important to them. You know what? I don't have to understand it. We'll do it and make them happy. That's huge. You know? And I think that's important for everybody's position. Yes. You know, when we're a crew of 100 people, it's important for everybody to know that. And I think some of the most successful directors I work for know that when it comes yes, to like, exactly. you know, how the product is sitting on the table or, <laughs> right. you know, right. whatever, right. whatever some crazy thing is, they just yes. know, they, they'll just tell me, Lawrence, I'm right. not going to worry about it. Whatever they want to do, honestly, right. is there. It's exactly. Yeah. And I know that I've had to use the words like, why do you care yeah. this uh-huh. much? Right. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Because it's something that in the end, yeah. you're not going to win this fight. Yeah. Right. But that's also <laughs> very hard to say to somebody. Yes. Yeah. And it's Especially, intuitive. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. But I know I've said it. So, well, Susan, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. No, this was great because this is going to help a lot of people understand what it takes to support a production designer. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you both. Thank you, Susan Linz. That was a wonderful flashback to simpler times. Your creative integrity and your talents are everlasting. So thank you for joining us. Well, Lawrence, this show was edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo designed by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Buccia. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week, unless we get too busy again. You're going to have to deal with that with us sometimes. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and stay active. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Clean your phone. You know who you are. And mm-hmm. wear a mask when you go outside. It's very wear important. Mask. Wear a damn yeah. mask. Send us your voice recordings, your stories, your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how can people reach you directly? LawrenceTLewis.com or voiceoflawrence.com for voiceover work. Christian, what about you? People can get me at sisterchristianproduces.com. Bye, y'all. Bye.